Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Toast of the Art Show. Today, of course, we welcome back Victoria Chick. Uh, she's here every third Saturday. Uh, Victoria is a contemporary figurative artist and early 19th and 20th century print collector. She is based in Silver City, which is in southwest New Mexico. And she's also part of this amazing project. In fact, she spearheaded this. And she's got a lot of people working with her on this amazing project, which is about developing the Southwest Regional Museum of Art and Art Center. So I encourage you to go to her website, victoriachick.com. She is joining us today to talk about a whole different region, though. We're going to go to the Midwest, some place that she's very familiar with. And we're going to talk about Thomas Hart Benton, the artist, and what she calls Exploring Thomas Hart Benton Country. This is an article you can check out up on blendradioandtv.com. So welcome back, Victoria. How are you? Well, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Lisa. Okay. <laughs> I'm really good today, and I'm looking forward to this topic. Uh, as, you, as you said, this is sort of like my home country, uh, even though I'm in New Mexico now. So um, talking about Thomas Hart Benton, uh, brought back some memories for me and some places I've been. I'd love to share them. Yeah, you know, this is what's so cool is that this came from a conversation about, you know, we're documenting what we're going to start going on the, the highway for sure, like for real, real. Uh, we started to, we just didn't know we were on it. The historic Jefferson Highway, which is this historic route. In fact, it was known as America's very first vacation route and the very first international highway that goes uh, from Winnipeg, Canada, down to New Orleans uh, in Louisiana. And this route was started by uh, the editor of Better Homes and Garden magazine. See, we we magazine people know, right? <laughs> so he knew it was good for tourism <laughs> and said, we need this highway. And so he created it. So the Jefferson Highway Association, I encourage you to go to their website, jeffersonhighway.org, uh, and um, check out the, let me make sure I got that right. I should know. I'm Yeah, jeffersonhighway.org. And you can see the map there and click on that map link and you'll see all the towns. Even Arkansas gets part in there, but everyone argued about it over there. So there's like a whole, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But um, this was a, a show we're doing live coming up on uh, December 22nd, everyone. So check that out at bigblendradio.com or go to blendradioandtv.com for that. We're doing a live show of all these destinations that you can experience. We're like 23 experiences in 2023 on this highway. And Victoria, you, you put in your bid on the mural in uh, Joplin, Missouri. So this is what kicked this all off, right? Was that conversation and that one mural, the turn of the century. It's a wonderful mural, and I really hope a lot of people go and see it as a result of the, of the program. I hope so, too. I know Nancy and I will go, and then we have to go see uh, George Washington Carver National Monument. I know we talked about this before, but uh, we have to do that. But uh, Thomas Hart Benton, tell us a little bit about him, and how did you discover his art? Was it the murals? or? <laughs> well, I moved to Missouri when I was 13. And I had never heard of Thomas Hart Benton before that, uh, which is probably as unusual for a 13-year-old not to have heard of him. However, I quickly came to, to 
understand that he was pretty important to the state because I lived in Liberty, Missouri, which was across from the river from Independence, where he one of his really wonderful murals is located at the Truman Library. And we went, we went to visit it. My folks took me. Um, it's the first thing you see when you come inside the Truman Library. And it is, it's called, it's, a, it's about the opening of the West. And he was really into that because his grandfather was a, was a state senator mm. about this time, the Missouri, Missouri, uh, not the Missouri Compromise, the, the uh, Louisiana Purchase was signed. And Missouri had a lot to say about it because it was one of the states included, uh, even though at that point, it was just barely a state. So um, Thomas Hart Benton really was tuned into history, especially the history of, of his state, his home state. Mm. Um, and it was one of the later murals that he did too, but through his working on that mural, he, he became friends with Harry Truman, who, who lived, is he so lived cool. in Independence. And I thought, I mean, this was like history in the making. And I was, I was there, you know, so it made an impression on me at the time. It's really interesting that it's even called Independence, Missouri. And, yes. you know, there's that mural that he did, Independence and the Opening of the West. Right. And that's at the Truman Library. But the two of them becoming friends, it, by the way, Nancy, I know she's not here today. Uh, she's she's inside her computer, literally, today. But <laughs> Truman, she always, like, we need, we need Truman back. That's all she keeps saying. She loves President Truman. Um, and just thought he was, you know, one of the coolest presidents that this country had. Right. And I think she would have liked to have sat down if there was a happy hour with him. And then also Thomas Hart Benton. I think Nancy would, you know, if there was an auction, she would win it. <laughs> She'd bet the farm <laughs> to do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Truman, Truman was an, was an, an important president at an important time. And so um, actually the idea of presidential libraries had not been around that long. I think, I, think mm. when, I think when Roosevelt was president with all the things that happened with the second world war and so forth that, that there was a library that had his, his documents in it. But after, after Truman, it seemed to be that um, most of the presidents had libraries erected that would contain the, the um, important decisions that they made and so forth. So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting place. I mean, it's interesting from, to me from an art standpoint to see the mural. Um, and then it's interesting if you go, want to go deeper, there's a lot more history that you can access. Mm. This is cool because these two became friends. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, they, they, um, they were, I think they were sort of cut from the same cloth in a way, because um, we, we kind of know from, from little things about Harry Truman that he did not suffer fools gladly. <laughs> and he, he, yeah, he didn't have a great um, uh, ability to uh, hold his temper <laughs> in all situations. Oh. 
especially it was especially if there was things about his family. I don't know if you remember the time his his daughter Margaret, who actually was a very good author novelist, uh, but she she sang and she played the piano and she was in a recital one time and one of the critics made a made a comment that was not very complimentary to her singing and he, Harry Truman hit the fan. <laughs> so so uh, where his family was concerned, he was. Um, protective don't mess with him no, <laughs> don't don't mess with the Truman I didn't know that about him you know oh, I yeah. just always thought that he had more kind of you even say in your article about him that he was like the common sense uh president. he is common sense you know I I mean when when he was faced with dropping atomic bombs um he's he thought about it I mean he, you can imagine the, the the weight of that um, because they'd seen tests and they knew that it was really destructive. I don't know if they really knew how destructive it was going to be on Japan, but but he had to make that decision. And um, and he, I think most people probably today probably think he he did the did the right thing. Mm. But I'm sure that it was not an easy, easy decision for him to make. Um, no. They also shared political backgrounds, like I mentioned. Um, to, um, Thomas Hart Denton was kind of a, I, I, we would call, we would might see a liberal today, but he was more like a, more like a common one. He was always for the common man. He was always for the underdog. Mm. And um, I think Harry Truman kind of felt that way too in some of the things that, that he did during his lifetime. I know a lot of people, because I lived back there, a lot of people who knew him personally and um, they had nothing but nice things to say and, and could, could give you anecdotes about the simple, simple nice things he did mm. during his lifetime. After he retired, he was back in independence. He was just, just one of the regular guys again. He, you know, he never, he never had uh, a, <laughs> on his trip back home. Once he, once he left the presidency, he drove himself back to Missouri. You see, that, that's yeah, what's so, so interesting. Wife. Nancy, Nancy they, even said he they had, they had, they had no, they had no guards. They had no nothing like that. They, mm. they were just going home. <laughs> that remember, remember the words public servant, um, yes. that term. That's what government. Yeah, um, and Nancy always talked about how he paid for his own postage stamp, stamps. Even yes. and yes. I think he didn't even take a salary. I might be wrong on that part, but you know, it's interesting going to Thomas Hart Benton. You know, and I, I really got in, I, you talked about this before we went on the show about the movement in his paintings and the murals and, um, <laughs> and I, I got stuck like a rabbit hole, just all into his art. And I know we've talked about him before on the shows, but um, there is, he really does have movement, movement in a way that um, I've, it, it's, I don't want to say it, it's almost like he could do a comic book and I don't want to say he's a comic artist, but the way he does things, it, it's still simplistic, but it's not over detailed yet. He has detail. It's right. he, actually, he, he, it's crazy. Cool. cool. You know what he did, the way he worked. Um, and I think he did this in his easel paintings too, in addition to his murals, but he would, he would make clay figures to scale and clay oh. buildings to scale and clay trees to scale of all, all the um, elements in the paintings that he did. And then he would turn a strong light from one direction. So it was shine, like a sun shining down on them. And he would use those 
clay models to do his initial drawings so that he could he could be accurate as to where the shadows would fall, the highlights would be able to be seen. So he was he was meticulous in the way he went about developing um, his painting. That really shows when you say that now, that makes complete yeah. sense when you look at his art and the movement in it, but it also seems that he showed people and what they were doing. Um, he's He's got a series that shows slavery. He showed uh, Samuel Clemens. I mean, he, he's got Mark Twain in there. Yes. He's done. I mean, just looking at a series from Missouri. Right. Mm, you but, know, Lisa, right now with um, a lot of strong feelings, you know, about public monuments and so forth, there were, he did a mural at the University of Indiana. And um, it didn't show everybody in a strong, in a positive light. I mean, it, it showed the good, the bad, and the ugly, really, at, at the time. And um, so now, in today, in this in this day and age, students are demonstrating that the painting should be destroyed because you know it shows wow. something that they don't like. And of course, he didn't like it either. He was recording it as a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, as as, a, as an object lesson, more or less. So I think, I I mean, and it's important to, that we all see that as a bad, bad thing, <laughs> but right. it doesn't, doesn't, you know, we should destroy it. We should, it, it it's, it's things that happened and they weren't good. And we have tried to um, not do those things anymore. Mm. So uh, it's more like an object, should be an object lesson rather than something that you know you 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 uh, need to need to get rid of you don't yeah it's a it's a it's such a um a touchy topic right yeah well so and many for good reason and for good and for good reason i mean <laughs> so many things are touchy topic. right but you i mean i don't want to bow down to a slave owner and think you're the greatest person on earth but they may like thomas jefferson is one of i mean we're talking about the jefferson highway how can we not talk about thomas jefferson um he owned slaves um but at the same time he did a lot of positive things but he didn't no one's perfect and i'm not saying it's right at all about the slavery side it's not it's it's terrible and i i don't think we can always just chalk it up to those were the times because there were people in those times knowing it was bad but i don't think we should have things that you know say hey this is the person it's a it is the thing about um statues and all of that saying you know we're honoring these statues honor this so i think it just i just want the truth to be put with the statue and stop it as being an honoring thing and go just stop with the honoring and go here's the good the bad the ugly you know because just tell the truth and and don't take it down because an artist did something like nancy always says that right but please just tell the truth. And it's like taking certain passages out of books. That's what was written. And it's a lesson of don't do that. We don't want to say those words. You know, we, yeah. you, know you know what I mean? So it's, um, we're in a, it's a touchy time. And um, I'm glad I'm not a comedian because I get booed <laughs> off the stage. And I could get booed off just from what I've said now. But, you know, I, dang, we have freedom of speech and we better keep it. So yes. I'm just saying. Yeah, but I think that's the hard thing. You know, we always talk about how art really represents the people. And I think Thomas, 
uh, really did um, Thomas Hart Benton really showcase people of America. Yeah. Um, the one painting that I wanted to talk about um, is uh, <laughs> you got to you're going to pronounce it for me. Uh, Echolus and Her Hercules. Um, did I say that right? Yes, Aeschylus. Aeschylus. I'm never going to get it right, but Aeschylus and Hercules. Um, but that was painted in 1947 for a department store called Harsfield um, right. in Kansas City. So again, Kansas City, whether it's Missouri or, you know, in Kansas, um, that <laughs> is that is part of the Jefferson Highway. So I'm just giving that a shout out. But it's now in the Smithsonian because the store closed. But this painting, I mean, when I look at it, it shows like the harvest, it shows people working, it shows people logging, it shows, I mean, there's nothing but hard work. And then there's women there trying to, it's interesting, the big cornucopia, I, I have got a new favorite artist. I really do. <laughs> this has become like, I love his work. I mean, even when you look at the cornstalks and how they move and curve, with movement, but it's not overdone. And right. it's, he's brilliant. I've wow. got to tell you, Lisa, that that was, that was the first Thomas Hart Benton painting I saw because my mom took me to Harsfield's department store when I was, when we had just shortly moved to, to Missouri. And, and I, and I was really impressed with it. I never, I didn't understand the, um, the, the content at the time, you know, I did, cause I didn't know anything about Greek mythology. Mm. But I came, you know, as when I, after I got gotten a little older and I understood the characters involved and how, how it related, how he was using it to kind of as a metaphor for the Midwest and the, and the breadbasket of America, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Then it made sense to me. And it really was a beautiful painting. And I'm so mm. happy that it's in the Smithsonian now and being preserved. I, I am too. I mean, I I didn't, you know, because when you see the women, that's when you start to think about the mythology side in right. the painting, you know, because it's like, oh, what's that? And then here's a cornucopia. And then it's like, oh, it's it's a hard work harvest. It's it's and then you see like it's almost like snow in the background in the in the hills. So it's this, right. he's got like the turn of the season right there. And everybody <laughs> You know, that is like such hard work, that beginning of fall, and it can get weird with right. weather, you know, well, you know about living out there. And, <laughs> yes. and so Kansas City, Missouri, and listen, you know, you could just step across the street from one state to the other when you're there. <laughs> Literally. Well, well, you can. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, oh, it's such a pretty area, you know, and one thing I want to say about Kansas City and, and both sides, they have a lot of public art going on. And yeah. I, I want to give the Midwest a massive shout out for the public art that they do. I think, I mean, who started it? Was it, I mean, I almost feel like the Midwest became like the champions of public art because maybe it's because they know snow is coming that they need color. Like what? What I mean, well, I can I could tell you about the Kansas City area because it was a real trendsetter back in the 1920s. Um, a company called J.C. Nichols was was developing a a sub a subdivision and a shopping center. Believe it or not, back in the like 1923, I think, or 22, and and it was all in this Moorish architecture. 
which is you know alien to the Midwest, actually. <laughs> but but it was it was on either side of Brush Creek, and which was outside of Kansas City, actually, probably it was probably about 15 miles from downtown Kansas City. But now right, it's right in town. And um they brought a whole bunch of sculpture from from Italy and they placed it around in the area. So it's an, an intersection there might be a sculpture. It was, it was public art um, and it, it had probably always been public art even when it was in, uh, in, in ensconced in Italy. <laughs> but uh, he, was, he was a trendsetter and that, and that company is, exists today and it still keeps that up. And mm. um, it, it did, that company did a lot to make Kansas City a place that was very gracious to be in from, hmm. a, from a visual standpoint. Now, the other thing about that area, um, a long time ago, there was a man named William Rockhill Nelson. He, he owned the Kansas City Star. And there were two sisters <laughs> uh, named the Atkins Girls. <laughs> and they got together and the Atkins Girls work of art collectors. J.C. Nichols was, I don't think he was an art collector, but he was very civic-minded. He felt that there should be an art museum in Kansas City. So they, in the 1930s, they built the, the William Rock, the, the Nelson Gallery, it was called at the time, and the Atkins Museum. And then they combined. And so that is still there today. And it, is, it has been added onto it. It's probably one of the top three museums in, in the United States. Um, amazing. Now, and there, there are also a whole gob of <laughs> Thomas Hart Benton artworks of art. See, that he, he's all over. I mean, obviously, New York's got a bunch of his, his stuff, but I, I, you know, his work, I shouldn't say stuff. That's a bad yeah. word when you talk about art. <laughs> um, bad, bad. Smack me. Um, but so Independence, Missouri, everyone. So there's a Truman Library. Okay. And then in Kansas yes. City, Missouri, there's a Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. Right. And then uh, there is the Thomas Hart Benton Home and Studio State Historic Site. Oh, my yes. gosh. And that's in Kansas City, Missouri. We have to, we have to get a book of these. That's not too far away from, from the museum, actually. Oh, uh, cool. It's on the other side of the Country Club Plaza, uh, which is the J.C. Nichols development. And oh, uh, I've been, I, okay. went, I went to it when I, when I was in college, I went to it and um, it was, it was really neat. You know, <laughs> it's neater to somebody I think who, who understands Thomas Hart Benton and what his work is like. But when you go into this, go in the house, the house is this wonderful old Queen Anne house built out of rock. And um, wow. he won one part of it, what he used for his studio and he had this giant uh, window uh, facing north, so the light was really good. And in the, in the, in the, the studio was set up as if as if he would, you know, had probably just walked out. And um, then when I was there, there was there were reproductions of his work on the wall. So mm. you, if you didn't know what what his painting was like before, you would know what it was like after you were there. So it was, oh. it was a nice experience. Very nice. Mm. I'm really glad that the state of Missouri is, is maintaining it. Mm. So it really sees it. So, yeah, because it's really Missouri, not Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas. So all of this oh, Kansas is Missouri. Kansas is, is, is out of it. It's out of it. <laughs> no, Kansas. 
none, none of that. Kansas too bad, but Kansas not got this, a not on this subject anyway. No, but Kansas has got a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Right. Uh, right. But but Missouri, I mean, I just I have a like a thing about that state. You know, there's I I think I like prairies. I think I have a thing about prairies and, you know, people think, oh, it's just a big, you know, swath of, you know, grass and it's not, there's wildflowers <laughs> in there and there's meadow larks and the bird life and the butter. I really have a thing about it now. Yeah. And that, you know, it, it's so cool to travel the country and see what everyone talks about and listen to all the things people complain about, about different States and what they think and then when we go there, we're like, eh, you're no, you know, there's so much beauty in each one. Yes. Each state has its fall downs. Absolutely. But honestly, if you go in there with open eyes and this is where the art and nature and history come in and they merge together in these areas. And, and Missouri is like the hotbed of history of this country because it's at the crossroads of the country. It is like, boom, we're in the center and the Civil War, like when you think about Civil War history, all hell broke loose in Missouri. <laughs> Everybody yeah. was on different sides. And then from well, Missouri, a lot of people went west from Missouri. So the Manifest Destiny pretty much really started there and Ohio. Got to think about that. I mean, Kansas, uh, here comes all the homesteaders. That region is so fascinating in history. It really is because oh, it was yeah. almost the beginning of the manifest destiny when you think about it, right? Because everybody went West and Kansas, Missouri were like one of the first places. And then it was like, okay, now we're going to go on to the big West, you know, and people left from there to go to the big West, you know, right? the Donner right. party. And then like, hello, you guys should have known about snow. Oh, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. Right. <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. But you know, uh, you, well, know you know, that uh, was mean. We, you already when we started talking about this Thomas Hart Benton topic, and um, we had talked about Joplin, and uh, and that you know I don't want to belabor Joplin because I think it's it, it from a, from a historic standpoint that includes Thomas Hart Benton. That's really important. But there's if you if you think of the state, these things that we've mentioned so far are kind of in, in a line from Kansas City on down to the south part of the state. But there's a big chunk of Thomas Hart Benton in, Jop in Jefferson City, it's the state capital. And he, mm -hmm. his brother was involved in politics. And when, he, when Thomas Hart Benton was coming back from, the, from New York, he, started, he spent some time with his brother in Jefferson City. And they were at some party and they, uh, he mentioned, he said, well, you ought to let me paint a mural here. Well, the, like very shortly after, like the same week, there was a, an inter, a bill introduced in the state legislature to allow, to allow $16,000 to be paid to Thomas Hart Benton to paint some murals of this history of the state. And he did this thing called the Social History of Missouri. He painted it in 1935, and uh, it's on the third. It's still on the third floor of the state house, and any anybody can go see it. Mm. Um, anytime the state, anytime the state government is open, and it's really neat. They were just, in fact, gosh, it's been uh, going on a hundred years, probably almost. 
well, maybe 90 since, since that was painted. And his, it, it, they did have it um, kind of refurbished uh, because, because a lot of people had been smoking in the room where, where it had been and the, and the colors. Oh, wow. Yeah. But you know what he, you know what he painted in? He used egg tempera. Oh, my was, gosh. It wasn't oil paint. It was egg tempera that he mostly wow. used for his, for his murals. And um, anyway, the egg, the egg is a terrific binder of the pigment and it's very, very strong. So uh, once they just kind of cleaned it, it just like restored it just amazingly. So it's really worth seeing. Um, but I thought the interesting thing was that he, in 1935, he got $16,000. And I was reading something recently that if that was translated to today's dollars, it would have been like 400, over $400,000 in value. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So this, he was a cartoonist. That's a, another thing about his work in Joplin was that he was a cartoonist. That's what I was saying. He, yes. he could, I mean, he could have worked for Marvel comics in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think he could have, don't you he, think he would have gotten would into be, animation? He would have been good at superheroes. I think. <laughs> I really think that, I mean, the way he does the movements and he makes people that are working hard, not like you don't look down, you look no. up at them. That is a, a an amazing talent that he has by showing the movement and the work. He shows their muscles, yet he makes them the superheroes in his paintings and murals. That's what's and you know, that's amazing. That, that um mural that was at Harsfield's, that's kind of that kind of typifies his attitude toward hard workers and we're Midwesterners and people that overcame hardship and toughed it out and did the best they could because I mean he's he's equating them with Greek superheroes mm. in that in that in that painting. Yeah. So I mean you sort of catch you sort of catch the same idea in looking at any of any of his works. Um, people are doing everyday things, but they're but they're heroic while they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, it, it's, he is amazing. He's amazing. So there's, so there's the city hall to go to in Joplin and then in Jefferson city, the state capital to go um, there in the social history of Missouri. And I mean, this is amazing. And he did go to the military Academy and he didn't, he didn't hang around there. He's like, yeah. I want to paint. I'm getting <laughs> out. It, it was typical of a lot of, a lot of really well-known artists and maybe other artists too, that weren't, aren't so well-known where their parents especially their fathers did not want them to be artists. Mm. Right. <laughs> and and um, they, they went, to, they did try other things for a while, but then, you know, the, the, the idea of being able to, to create um, visually what they, what they felt and what they saw was just too strong for, for them not to, or to, to deny. Yeah. So they would, they, they found a way to do it. Now, Thomas Hart Benton never got a degree in anything, but but he studied and yeah. he learned and um, and, he, and he had an, he had an innate, really good talent. So um, and he made them certainly made the most of it. He, he's incredible. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm a, I'm like into his art. It's just such a. Yeah, you could, you could, every time you look at his paintings, you're going to see something different. You're going to appreciate something different. 
or not, or get, uh, you know, feel something. You're going to feel something, but he tells a story and I love that kind of work, you know, like, that's why I said, it's, it's another rabbit hole. Thank you for sending me down that rabbit hole. But, you know, <laughs> Victoria, I can't wait for us to do this whole big public art feature, you know, like the second wave of it, because it's really interesting traveling through communities and we go through so many tiny ones and you'll see like a town that is obviously gone through some stress and have maybe one shop open and go, I'm going to try. And you'll see one, maybe a sculpture, a tiny, tiny little pocket park, maybe a mural. And the mural is always that thing. And that one shop, right? That one tiny little pocket part, like somebody decided I'm going to plant something. I'm going to do this. Like you can tell these historic, historic towns that have been through strife and struggle are like, we're not going to die, damn it. We're doing it. But it's whenever that public art is there, that shows this investment of community. Right. And it's the signal of like better things to come that we're, we're not dying. We're thriving, even if we're not 100 percent there yet. So yeah. come join us on this journey. That's what it says to me every time we go through these towns. And so like I photograph these art pieces of art and it's mostly some of them aren't well kept up, you know, maybe be faded and whatever. But. It's showing the majority of it, like the very first mural is like some kind of collage of the history of their community. It's like, if we've got this one chance, we're going to put it all on this one mural, you know, <laughs> which to me is so cool, you know, and yeah. I may only have one mural in a town, so I can't say, okay, this is a mural destination, but I'm putting you on the map because you did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care if it's 20, 30, 40 years old, you're going on the map because you did it. and you know, I, I think somebody had that foresight in the community to stand up and say, we need to do art. And there was definitely that wave in an era of, hey, we should be doing this. And it's reviving itself. You see companies yeah. do it in some towns, but it's, yeah. it is like a signal of we're in it. We're many, not closing. Many times it just takes one individual to to start something and other people then realize what a great thing that that person has done and they want to become a part of it or they want to add on to it. And so, you know, the, all this, all this stuff grows or can grow. Um, and yes. more than it's more than anyone ever expected at the beginning. Well, isn't that what your hope is for the museum and absolutely. City? Absolutely. Yeah. It's bigger than a person. Oh, it's always bigger. Yes. Yes. That's the importance, you know, um, I love and it. You know, I love it, it. It does. It does more for everybody than it does for just artists. Mm -hmm. People, people think, well, we're going to have an art museum. Well, well, that's nice for the artists. You know, they're going to enjoy looking at that, but it won't do anything for us. But that's, that's, that's a really wrong way to look at it um, because enough people will be attracted by it that they will come to your town and they will buy things and they will get gas and they will maybe stay an extra day to look around. And all that money is stays in your community that came from outside your community. And so now mm -hmm. your community is really wealthier than it was the day before. And, exactly. and whether, whether you get anything directly out of it or not, 
um, you probably your town probably has some kind of lodgers tax, and the money from the lodgers tax goes to support nonprofit organizations of of every kind in your community. So, I mean, the the money helps. Yeah, the, the, the culture helps, and the um, just the, the the enjoyment that people get from looking at your art that's in your community. Or then, or then just being in your community because they think there must be some really great people that live there. Well, no, you know, this, this is a huge thing in travel. Um, right now, there's so many new, no, it's not new, but it, it, it's the terms or whatever. So there's leisure or leisure, which is business and leisure put together because wow. people are now, there's more digital nomads. There's smaller business retreats happening and conferences are back, but people want want quality of life. So if they're going to go somewhere, it's like they're going to tack on a couple of days and maybe the conference will include more of what's going on in the community, like going to a museum, right? right. Um, so there's that. There is what they call transformational travel. So when you go to a destination, it's more than just seeing the sites. It's having this um, experience that moves you and really becomes an everlasting memory and makes a mark on your life in a positive way. So maybe you went to a museum and did an art program and went home and started making clay pots or something, right? On the art side or painting, maybe that was the little prod you needed. So that was the thing that make you happy. Like when you talk about, you know, seeing this artwork of Thomas uh, Benton, Hart Benton, that changed your your psyche, your art psyche, right? It, it right. It's like, oh, I want to talk about him. He meant something to you as an artist and as a young girl going, oh, you know, so that's transformational. Then there's what they call regenerative travel and tourism. And regenerative is what are you as a visitor giving back, right? So yes, we pay for our hotel rooms and our restaurant, but now talking about taxes, Normally, I want to tell all tax things to go shove it. But <laughs> but on this, the lodger's taxes and things like that, you know that those taxes that you're paying are going into maybe marketing and things like that, which I'm not going to be against. Sorry. <laughs> we, we thrive on that. But there, this is really going into those programs because marketing needs something that's going on in the community. So a lot of times those taxes go back into a community to pay for that sculpture, to pay for that piece of art, to pay for the beginning of a museum, to pay for those experiences that people are having. So that is a way as a traveler to be connected to the community with you giving back. Because when you think about it, we are all one big, big community on this planet. So what are we doing when we go somewhere we don't want to litter and create extra cost and damage. We want to, you know, either if you go hiking, take your stuff back home with you. Don't leave trash out on a hiking trail. You know, you don't even need to put it in the trash can there, but if you have to do it, some parks are now taking it all away because of just how much cost and um, you're not enough employees to maintain garbage because we the traveler bring in a bunch of garbage and the hikers, right? So all of this is about regenerative, uh, of course, eco-friendly, all of that, but it is about what are we doing to really give back to that community 
And if you give back to that community that you're visiting, you're actually part of that community. And you're part of that community because you're on planet Earth. So that's an exciting thing about art, Victoria. That's how I look at it. It is. Those taxes, I look at that as a positive, even though I cringe at any mention of the word tax. <laughs> well, when you know when you know it's it's going for good in a way that probably these these people couldn't be funded as well otherwise. Then if you live in a community that has these these wonderful uh, nonprofit organizations, you know, you know that that uh, you know how much good they do and you mm-hmm. know that it's worth it. Well, and it's also being volunteers, right? Volunteer tourism is a huge thing. But regenerative is part of that too, because you're giving back. So maybe like, you know, you have the clay festival, maybe you're part, you're a speaker, and then maybe volunteer to help clean up afterwards or something, sure, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's all, all part of it. People can be used. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's something that we all like should, the way the world is really crazy weird and everybody can argue and be political, but it is good to give of oneself, you know? It is not there's you're not going to lose anything right. by helping. You know, if you close your fist, well, then you're closed. You can't receive. If you open your palm, you can give and receive. I'm not saying you have to give the farm it's away a, or all your energy, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Keep your your hand open, you know? Yep. That's a very visual uh, image, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I can't remember who said that. And Nancy always said that to me. Um, she was always used that. And then I'll use it back on her. <laughs> you know, you know how our relationship is like, okay, you said this, I'm using it back on you. But it's true. We always talk about that. It's like, you know, you, everybody, you have to balance your resources and your time as individuals, but um, giving always is a good good thing you know it always is it'll always come back and feel better so and i think a lot of muralists i know you can get bigger money like you were talking about with uh, thomas uh, hart benton like how much you know but i think muralists they put themselves out there when they do these big murals or these big state paintings and city paintings they put their heart out there because it's like the the town wants to know what you're painting for them you know there's something like you're on the line, like people are going to watch what your representation is for their community and where their money went to that. And at the same time, you still have to stand up and go, it's my art. If you don't like it, this this is my integrity of art. So it's an interesting thing, right? <laughs> That's right. Very cool. Very cool. Victoria, thank you as always. Uh, always such a pleasure having you on the show. Everyone, victoriachick.com is the website to keep up with Victoria. She's on our show again every third Saturday. So keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Can't wait for next time, Victoria. Ah, oh, me too. We'll have to we'll have to decide what we're going to talk about. I, I've got I've got a, a list. Uh-oh. I've got a list. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks so much. Have a great week, you guys. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.